last year, we've really beefed up our social media content uh, to try to get, for one, just get these amazing stories of impact out there for people to experience. Wow, this is this is what Big Brothers Big Sisters is all about. This is why it's so critical for our youth to have um, these opportunities, but also making it clear that, yes, we always need mentors, but there's also so many other ways that you can support this and be part of that journey. Listening to Relish This, the Purpose Marketing Podcast. Here's your host, Stu Swinefort. Hey, everybody, Stu here. My guest today is Michael Fai, and he is the Director of Corporate Partnerships at Big Brothers Big Sisters of Colorado. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff. They're doing some great work over at Big Brothers Big Sisters. But one of the things that stood out is this idea of creating multiple avenues to engage and how well they've done that over at Big Brothers Big Sisters of Colorado. I really hope you enjoy the show. I had a great time talking with Mike. He's a, he's a great dude. Here we go. Hey, Mike, thank you for being on the show today. Hi, Stu. Thanks for having me today. Well, it's a real pleasure to have you on. You are working with Big Brothers Big Sisters. And I, as we kind of prepped for our call today, you mentioned that you've been around for 102 years. 102 years. What's kind of crazy is we started in Denver at the last pandemic in 1918. And, and here we are going through the, the next one 100 years later. Wow, that's amazing. Well, the fact that you've been able to weather two of these so far is is uh, a merit or a, you know, that's that's certainly something to not uh, scoff at. Yeah, it's been quite an adventure. A few things have changed since 1918, but um, you know, the missions remain the same. I bet. What was the the impetus for for the the founding of Big Brothers Big Sisters? Yeah, well, in 1918, um there were just a lot of uh you know, Lasky kids and, and um, a judge that just noticed that there were kids who needed more uh, adult presence in their life and, and, and somebody to uh, provide quality activities for, for those kids to do and um, started Big Brothers and a Big Sisters chapter started a little bit later on. And, you know, fast forward and we joined forces to become Big Brothers Big Sisters of Colorado. And as I said, the missions remain the same through all those decades. We've just seen a common theme that there's always kids in our community that have so much potential and just need someone who believes in them and supports them and they can do amazing things. And that's that's been constant for over 100 years now. Yeah, that's great stuff. It, was there a particular was it the, the flu that was going on that was causing the the major problems or was it just you know the economy? I know that was kind of right in that Depression era um, you know, zone. What what kind of was the the root cause do you think when when big brothers was founded yeah i think if you kind of look at the mixture of the economy and then also just the wartime i okay. think a lot of yeah. uh, fathers were out uh, fighting the war and there were a lot of kids back at home um kind of left to their own devices uh after school and run around in the neighborhood and saw that need for um just people that come together as a community to support those youth that that may not have the same opportunities as others so yeah, that's true. That was right during World War One. Right. Um, wow. So, yeah, that's that's really amazing. It's it's interesting that we haven't 
um, you know, solve for that problem yet, but um, it's great to have an organization like big brothers, big sisters out there to, to help continue to fight the good fight. Yeah. It's all about community. I mean, we, we do one-to-one mentoring, but it's all about coming together and how can we support kids that, that have so much potential, but just need some opportunities. And, and honestly, somebody that, that just says, yes, you can do it. I believe in you. It, it's simple, but a lot of kids, that's all they really need. Yeah. Kids are pretty resilient, but, but yeah, they do need that, that kind of backbone, that support to lean on. Right. What, um, so I'm, I'm imagining, uh, last year, 2020 was a, a bit of a, a challenge for you. How did you, how did you guys tackle the, um, you know, proximity challenges that we were all faced with during this pandemic? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge when you're a relation, relationship based organization and so much of our activities are in person and, and thrive off of that. But right away, we knew that the need was going to be there. We serve families that are the most vulnerable um, populations to be affected by the pandemic. And we knew connection was going to be really important. I think we didn't even realize as a staff just how important that connection piece would be because we actually, you know, we're very close to our families and support them in a, in a number of ways. And we talked a lot of them during that time. And one of their biggest concerns for their kids was social, social isolation. I mean, they had so many mm-hmm. other challenges you would, you would anticipate, um, you know, health and job security. And how do I do school virtually when I'm a single parent with multiple kids? Um, we're all there, but um, parents are just really concerned about my kids' well-being and connection to positive influences when they're stuck at home every day and school's canceled, sports canceled, just having that mentor figure that can call them, you know, even see them if they can, even if it's a virtual call, Mm -hmm. just could really help them with their mental health, with that social emotional development, having somebody to talk to uh, was one of the most important things that our parents told us about. So we did everything we could as a staff to just maintain those connections, whether that be, you know, running virtual uh, Zoom game events or providing uh, art kits and virtual cooking lessons and things like that that our matches could do just to maintain that connection. And that went such a long way. What was really interesting was how much it helped the bigs as well, because the bigs were affected by the pandemic in a number of ways. So we even had a story we posted um, last year where we had a match that that figured out how to play virtual catch together over Zoom. Okay. So, so you, you you throw a ball and you can see it go up on the screen and then yep. the big acts like, oh, here it is, and catches it in front of their screen as well, which is kind of funny. But that's just how they kick things off to, uh-huh. to do something together. And it turns out, you know, that led to just really quality conversations. And we even heard from the big that she she had lost her job and she had concerns about the health of her parents. And she was just in a really stressful time. And her little sister, you know, is a family with multiple kids. She's the oldest. So she was helping her mom out with a lot of things around the house, trying to do virtual school. So they're just both going through a lot of things. And those virtual calls were the highlight of their week and kind of kept them going together. And that's the beautiful thing about the mentoring relationships. Yes, there's great impacts for the kids, but the bigs get just as much out of it. And it's this wonderful relationship that they can share in together. Yeah, it, it is really interesting how 
there are these these relationships that you create that that seem like they would be sort of one one way in some capacity in terms of who's who's getting quote unquote the most out of that relationship and it turns out that that both parties really really benefit from from the, those interactions it's it's such a cool thing to to see i know that i've been mentoring some people through energize colorado and and one of the things and, and they're coming up coming up on our one year anniversary of of kicking off that program and one of the things that that i was able to reflect upon because i asked you know what what are some of the some of the nice things about the program that you've seen and one of the things i noticed was just that how much i get out of it in terms of it makes me um you know better at what i do because i'm i'm now kind of coaching or teaching um, those things that I, that I, you know, do for clients all the time, as well as just getting that, just those good feelings of being, you know, being connected and being able to give, give back and lift somebody up is, is really super valuable. I, I love that, that you guys are seeing that in your programs as well. Yeah. Just, it's amazing the perspective you can gain when you get into a mentoring relationship like this. And, you know, I've, I've been able, fortunate to see a lot of the relationships over the years. I've been here for 14 years now, so I've seen a lot of amazing relationships. And when you're just you're bringing together two people from completely different backgrounds and cultural experiences who never would have met otherwise, and they can get into this multi-year relationship where they meet each other's families, they they learn new cultures. You're in a different role as a mentor. And then with, you know, with 2020 as well, and just um, which the racial issues that have come up, you know, a big part of it is how do we bring communities together? How do we Mm -hmm. get more proximate so we can listen to each other and hear what each community is going through? And I think that's something that, that you can do through mentoring because it's a structured, safe way for people from two totally different neighborhoods, backgrounds to meet each other with the support of staff and events and healthy ways to meet the families. Cause I hear from people, well, well, how do I meet other people? How do I, how would I integrate with any other communities? And we kind of guide that process and help it be a healthy long-term relationship. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's a really interesting concept or, or something to, to consider as well as how, you know, those are pretty diverse, um, communities that you're trying to reach the, the mentor and the mentee, the big and the, and the little, um, how, how have you guys tackled that in the past in terms of that segmentation piece and, and making sure that you're able to get enough, enough bigs to serve the, the need, um, that you have or vice versa? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of of kids out there that are in single parent homes that are Part have free and reduced lunch, um, high percentage of that. So we know there's always uh, a bigger need than we can fulfill in that area. So we're always recruiting for for mentors, and you know we have a disparity. We have you know about eighty percent of our littles are of color, and around that same percentage of our bigs are white. And we know that's something that we're always trying to help with that ratio and honor the preferences of, of families. Uh, but we also think that it, there's a lot of value to bringing together communities that aren't always together and do have yeah. different experiences. So we do our best we, uh, for, for recruitment and, and partnering with other community uh, agencies 
to get as much of a diverse pool as, as we possibly can and honor preferences of families, but also seeing the value in bringing together people from different backgrounds as well. So that's, that's been a powerful thing over the years. Yeah, that's, that's great. Are you actively like, are you trying to recruit more um, BIPOC bigs? Is that kind of one of the, one of the goals of the organization or, or, you know, what, where does, where does that initiative stand? Yeah, that's, that's a high priority and it has been for, for many, many years and nationally uh, for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America. It's always something we're, we're striving to do. So, um, you know, partnering with different community organizations, fraternities, um, mm-hmm. focus groups, uh, cohorts. We actually have a, um, a cohort we started uh, this year called Black Mentors United. Okay. And we just saw the need. We had, um, you know, we had littles from from the black community that had had white bigs and they had great relationships. But those parents had said it would just be really helpful if they okay. had any mentors who look like them, grew up like them, who might have a little more understanding, could just talk about these specific racial issues mm-hmm. going on. And we reached out to a group of our, our Black mentors who already had littles mm-hmm. in the program and said, hey, this is just, this is a need that the families have expressed, you know, what ideas might you have to support these littles? And they stepped up and wanted to start this cohort who would meet monthly over virtual calls to start. And just to talk to those littles about, hey, we understand what you're going through. We know you have questions. Let's talk through them. So here we have littles who have their own bigs already and bigs who already have their own littles, but they both see that need. So we've been facilitating really amazing discussions around the racial issues that have been going on um, between these bigs and, and these littles in this cohort. And it's been really amazing to see. So we're trying to access what are those um, other groups or advisory groups within our own network that we I, can do to support these issues on top of still striving to be more diverse and, and, and five, find a good ratio between mentors and, and littles. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a really cool way to kind of get, uh, you know, almost a one to many approach where you can bring a bunch of people together at once and, and get some good benefit out of, out of those relationships that get built. Um, kind of within that group too. Um, yeah, what a fascinating challenge that that you guys are are up against. Up against. Um, do do you? I mean, you've in a hundred and two years, we've certainly gone through a few generations of people who've been, um, you know, a, a little in the program. Do you do you find that that those individuals come back and become bigs at all, or what's what's that? that relationship like? Yeah, we have seen that over the years. And that that's one of the coolest things that, that I've seen um, or hearing about when a little wants to come back and has just seen the value in mentoring and want to pay it forward. So we have had littles that have, have become bigs and even multi-generational um, stories. And we have an alumni association now where we reach out and ask for former bigs and littles to stay involved and tell stories and, and kind of be part of this journey. I actually just uh, last month, I run our social media accounts as well. And, and I had a gentleman reach out about um, his big brother who had just passed away. And he said they were matched for 57 years. Together. Oh, wow. And he, he said they, 
he grew up in Longmont and they were featured in the Rocky Mountain News when he was a kid and um, like built a boat together and did all these outdoor adventure activities and, and all these things that he introduced him to. And then they stayed lifelong friends. And he just talked about how much this big just changed my entire life and, and shaped who I am today. And they were close friends the rest of their entire adulthood, even playing senior league softball together <laughs> That's um, awesome. before his big passed away. And it sounds like his big influenced a, a whole number of people and was, was a big presence in the community, but he was so proud and just wanted to thank his big for, for all that he did. So we did a feature on thank your, thank your mentor day um, with their story and some pictures from, from their matches. And we hear those stories a lot. And that's what we tell our big sometimes is when they're in the active relationships, they may not think, am I really making an impact? Am I seeing those outcomes quickly? And we say, you know, you're planting seeds and the kids are going to remember this. They may not tell you right then when they're 10 years old yep. in the first six months. Yep. But this is going to be so huge for their future and you might not even realize it. And then we hear stories, you know. 20 years later of like, wow, I didn't tell my mentor at that time when I was a kid, mm -hmm. but those two years were so huge for which path I went on. And, and this has resulted in me being successful. We, we do a new series called Igniting Potential Stories of Impact. And it's a virtual event. Once again, innovation born from the, the pandemic. Right. So how, do, how do we share these amazing stories of impact uh, with our supporters without an in-person event. So we've created these Zoom uh, meetings where we can invite donors and board members and current matches and share some of these amazing stories. So we kicked one off in December with one of our board of directors, um, Shane Portfolio, who was a former little in our program okay. and is now one of the top executives at Comcast and just has this incredible story. And, and he was able to share that with our donors with our current matches, so our current kids could hear his story. And then we were able to even get his big, who's now in his 70s, on the call. So you have all those members together who normally would never be in the same room or same event. And it was free and amazing to get all those voices in one place. And that's where like, wow, that's an innovation that we should definitely keep and, and sharing those stories in this virtual space here. Yeah. I actually had a show that I recorded yesterday where we talked about some of the, you know, some of the interesting benefits to being, you know, thrust into this challenge of, of virtual meetings all the time and how, you know, just people's comfort level with it has grown to such an extent that it's enabled a lot of nonprofits and a lot of, you know, individuals to scale in terms of their reach, um, you know, where, where normally things would be very, um, you know, in-person, local, you can now bring people in from all over the world, really, um, to, to have those conversations and to, and to be part of that community that, that normally would, would have to be in the same room or, or, you know, at least the same, um, you know, proximity to one another in order to, to interact. So, um, it, it's pretty cool to see how people are, are adapting. That's probably one of the things I'm most excited about right now is, is that I'm director of corporate partnerships. So I work with a lot of our corporate partners on how we can do employee engagement and uh, get people involved. And there's there's just a lot of people that it, that can't be mentors. It is a commitment. You have to have the time for it. 
a lot of people have said, oh, I really wish I could get involved. I just, I have kids. I don't have the time to, to be a mentor. And we've always had those barriers, but we've learned through these virtual events and communications, we can bring them into the story um, mm-hmm. through these virtual events. For example, in, in February, we did a virtual STEM day. So we had matches and we created STEM kits ahead of time and the matches got those kits delivered to them. And then on the Zoom calls, we had, um, you know, engineers from Excel and engineers from BOA technology and consultants with um, Accenture who could do hands-on STEM activities with the kids while in breakout rooms where they could talk to them about their careers and answer questions. And it just created this intimate space that normally they wouldn't get before. And like you said, you could get people from across the country to get in on this call and just thinking about, wow, how much could our littles learn from now that we have this more of an untapped resource of people mm-hmm. that can just connect through a Zoom call. And, and we're always trying to work on workforce development and expose our kids to new industries and just get that spark going. Right. And this has opened a whole new door um, to do that. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I like some of the technology that's being developed and, you know, Zoom is sort of the elephant in the room. Um, and, the, you know, when they brought breakout rooms in, that just changed the way that a lot of people were handling, um, you know, Zoom calls and and engagement. I could see how you would perhaps be able to let kids kind of self-select where they wanted to go and which, which of those rooms they wanted to go hang out in and, and do a STEM project. So really cool use of that technology. And it's, and it's neat to see how you're bringing all those people together in that way with the virtual stuff and the, and the remote, um, mentoring, is that something you're planning to continue or do you feel like that will phase out as, as we get back to being able to meet in person? Well, we have three core programs, and one of them is Mentor 2.0, which was already built to be virtual pre-pandemic. So we partner with high schools and adopt their entire sophomore class and go through graduation. And they have an online curriculum that they do with their mentors weekly and then would typically meet once a month at the school. So it was nice we already had that platform set up for that program to continue virtually and then the other two are community-based program. That's the one-on-one mentoring that they typically go out and do their own in-person events. And then our sports buddies program, that's all group-based uh, sporting events each weekend. They had to pivot the most for sure. Yeah. So I think everybody's eager to get out and be in person again, but I do think there's, there's a lot of opportunity with the virtual space just to, especially for mentors to introduce their littles to professionals in the community or, or people who might um, have the job that their little wants to have. So because of that, we've started um, a vocational video library for, for our littles, especially our high school littles to access. Okay. So where we have a video guide and our our corporate partners, they can record self-made videos, just short, just a few minutes talking about their careers and, this is what I do on a daily basis. This is what advice I would have given myself when I was 16, mm-hmm. thinking about what I wanted to do when, when I got older. So 
it's another opportunity. Those people aren't becoming mentors, but we're going to have multiple industries represented where our littles can just explore and, and watch these short videos to learn what's out there. And we're hoping something, a video creates a spark and like, wow, I never thought of it that way. That sounds really exciting. And then could we con connect that match to that professional who made the video and then start getting contacts for this kid and networking? And we've grown that this summer. Mm -hmm. we're, we're piloting a, uh, a new paid summer internship program. So we have seven uh, paid internship opportunities with three different companies to help create that spark. And, and some of them, they're going to have to learn how to work in a hybrid environment. Some of them, they're going to have to do remote for a while and then go in person. But the point being, can they get these six to eight week experiences that just something goes off like, wow, that was so cool. I, I met this engineer and I really want to be like him or, wow, I got to use this technology I'd never seen. So then when they're done and they go to college or trade school, that will keep motivating them and they've started to build a network. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. That's that's really a cool way to approach it, particularly as you're you're able to kind of rub shoulders with these experts. I think that that then becomes, I could see how that could have a, a huge long-term benefit to, to these kids as they're trying to start their careers. Yeah. And there's a, it, what's, what's great about it is it's, it's so beneficial for the littles, but also for the companies because I work with a lot of companies and right now a lot of companies are trying to improve their diversity and their talent pipeline and to address the, the, the gaps there um, in education and, and wealth and, and talent there. So they're trying to provide opportunities for the exact type of kids that we have graduating out of our programs. So it's just a natural connection that you have a lot of great, generous companies that want to provide these amazing experiences and have a lot of great just digital resources to teach kids yeah. about careers. And now we have kids graduating out of the program. We're in a tough spot because during a pandemic, it's, you know, well, I don't want to go to college right now during a pandemic, but I need an opportunity. I need, I need a job that pays. So an opportunity like this, they get they get the networking, the experience, and can get paid. The company can meet this whole new demographic and bring them into their community. And it's great for, for team morale and everything to have mentees that are eager to learn from them and to develop this pipeline within their own company. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I uh I'm just my, I'm wrapping my brain around all of the ways that that it could go. It's just, it sounds just like such a cool, a cool program. You said there were seven uh, paid positions that you're, that you're filling. Yeah. Our partners at uh, uh, BOA technology and Accenture mm -hmm. and Signum biosciences um, have, have all offered to um, provide the paid internships. And they're also, the other thing is, you need to provide the structure for the littles to be able to succeed yeah. because, you know, I spent a lot of years on the program side and we have just amazing, resilient kids who would get to the finish line of graduation from high school. And a lot of them would qualify for scholarships, get into community college, different things. And that first year after graduation is really hard. You know, it's hard for any of us that, you know, that first year of college or first year in a different job. So not a lot of people in their family took that route or had, had been in college before. So when it got hard, a lot of them just bailed 
and didn't know how to ask for help, what resources were out there. And then they were kind of stuck and kind of got lost for a bit. So, you know, our Mentor 2.0 program saw that need. So they added a 13th grade year to support where the mentor continues to support that first year after high school. Okay. The other thing with these internships and the videos and just making more of those connections is our thought is if right after high school, they do an amazing experience at a company and that spark goes off again, like after six to eight weeks, wow, I got to design a product. I got to learn all these cool uh, technology skills. I met all these people. And then when they're in that first semester of community college or those vocational school, when it gets hard or boring or you don't have the resources, they we're hoping they don't want to quit that time because I want to do what I just learned about, or I met this awesome engineer and I want to be like him. So I'm going to push through some of this hard stuff. And now I have my mentor through big brothers, big sisters, and a lot of the companies are going to be providing uh, buddies at, at the workplace to help them be successful. So they'll have a mentor through their internship uh, who can all kind of set those parameters of support to get them through the hard stuff to make it to the finish line and to get into their career. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic stuff. I, I think that layering those, those contacts and, and providing them with all those resources and extending that, that big little relationship um, for that additional year, it's got to be just really powerful. It, um, I, I know, I know the first year of, of college can really be tough for anyone, but I can't imagine how much more difficult it is for someone who, um, you know, who feels like they, that they're either the first person in their family or the first person in their community to, to kind of experience this or that, you know, that maybe they're the first person who's ever, ever gone through this. And, and I know that, in the business world that that's just a really powerful thing to know is that you're not, you're not on an Island that, you know, just knowing that someone has gone through the same thing before and has managed to, to make it out the other side is, um, is really helpful. Yeah. And they they just have a lot of pressures on them. If, you know, we have most of our kids are coming from single parent homes and there could be multiple kids in the home. So there's that, that pressure of, you know, I need to support my family also, and I might need to help with my siblings. So it can be hard to, to stay on that course and, and see the longer term view. Um, so we're open by putting enough supports in that kid's life that they can handle those pressures and have somebody to talk through them with and see that that end goal instead of mm-hmm. kind of what's right in front of them and, and have that support to succeed. Because I, I tell you, the the kids that come through are just incredible and the potential they have is, is amazing. They just need that, that little extra layer of support. Yeah, for sure. So what are the things that, that have been the biggest challenge for, for you guys over the years in terms of, of your program? Has it been, you know, getting, getting bigs to volunteer or donations? What's, what's the, the big hurdle for you guys on a typical uh, year over year? Yeah, I'd say, you know, pretty consistent is is getting enough men um, to volunteer. So typically we have more boys that are okay. seeking a uh, male mentor and we have a lot more women that will typically volunteer to be mentors. Okay. So in the past, there have been very long wait lists for, for boys to get a mentor. Um, so that's one reason we, 
we created the Sports Buddies program in, in uh, 2000 here in Denver uh, to just provide a more structured program that was based on sports. That was something that there was a nice introduction to mentoring where you always have staff there at the events to support and we help with communication. Um, we've just found that, that with men, a lot of times there's a little more resistance to jumping right into a one-on-one relationship and knowing mm-hmm. what activities do I do and what, what do we talk about and those sorts of things um, can, can be hard to jump right into. And we understood that. So that's partly why we have um, three really good options with a lot of different flexibility and age and activities where you can be in a group environment through sports buddies, the community, you can start one-on-one right away. Mentor 2.0 is tied to the school and has supports there with high schoolers. So we found that that mix has really helped out with the ratio and to get more men involved that we were struggling to get involved um, previously. So I think that's that's something that I, I would say every agency in the country struggles with is to get enough um, men for how many boys are, are typically on that waste list. Gotcha. Um, that's, that's a little frustrating. I'm, um, I'm trying to come up with ideas there. I, I, I'm assuming that you do a good job of setting expectations and, and all of those things. Are there resources that, that perhaps could be created to help draw more men into the, into the program or, or do you, do you see much movement between, um, you know, the sports program and, and the 2.0 and the, and the kind of more standard, uh, mentor, are are there people that are escalating their, their engagement? Yes. And that's, that's, what's been amazing to see. So so I ran the, the, I was part of the sports buddies program for 12 years. So I saw a lot of guys come through and, and interviewed a lot of guys who would say in those interviews, you know, I thought about mentoring, but I was just a little hesitant. I had some concerns about starting one-on-one right away. And then I saw that this was, you know, supervised in a group environment and it's a different commitment level. Sports buddies is six months. Community is a year and mentor 2.0 can range from two to four years. So if we're able to tell guys that, Hey, we're just asking you to do one or two Saturday events a month, for six months. And we're going to plan all the events for you. We're going to do all the communication for you. So you don't have to contact the family or pick up the kid. All you have to do is pick one of these fun events from the schedule. We'll do the the confirmations and you just show up and and have fun with the kid through sports. So whether that's, you know, playing flag football at the park, going to a Rockies game, going for a hike, ski trips, all kinds of fun stuff. You lay it all out like that. And it's pretty hard to come up with an excuse why I can't do that. <laughs> right, right. Because you're going to have a blast anyway, you know, one or two Saturdays a month. So we get a lot of guys come through that like, okay, that's what I needed to feel comfortable enough to get going. But then the beautiful thing of, of that is, even though they made a six-month commitment, our average match length in that program now is about two and a half years. Okay. Because once they get into it, then a lot of those fears go away. They meet the right. kid like, wow, this kid is awesome. And we match them to have similar preferences and personality types. Mm-hmm. And they're just having a blast on the weekends doing sporting events in Colorado, which is awesome. And then you start uh, developing that relationship. And then that bond is is set. And then you're getting more into their lives. And they're talking to you more about school and asking you questions. And then you're seeing this kid grow up. 
Right. And, and that's really, really special to be a part of. And then you don't want to stop. So hardly anyone stops at six months and they keep going. And so we added what's called Sports Buddies Plus, where they could move into the one-on-one program when they're ready. So they've formed this bond in the group space. And then they've gotten along well enough that like, well, I'd love to go to his football game. I'd love for the two of us to go hiking together or work on school more. So now I'm ready to do one-on-one. So I've had, I interviewed, we had a big who won our big of the year and was nominated for national big of the year some years ago. And he spoke at an event and he was matched for 10 years total with his little, um, his little is now 23. Okay. And uh, I had their match for several years. And I mean, I'm convinced that this big saved this kid's life. I mean, he had anger, a lot of anger issues and bounced around from um, juvenile centers to foster care and just a lot of tough, tough things he went through and he and his mom together. And that big over those 10 years, he was the glue that kept that family together and kept that kid on track. He did community service with him. He would wow. go to court with him. He would visit him at the juvenile centers. And this was a guy that when he started, he said, I, I, I didn't want to do the one-on-one program. I didn't feel confident enough. So I needed the, the group uh, opportunity through Sports Buddies to feel comfortable enough to even start. So he started in that environment. And then 10 years later, he's been doing the one-on-one program for you know six, seven years. He's intimately involved with the family, helping this kid get on track. And I'll never forget when he called me and said that, you know, my kid graduated high school. And it was like the biggest achievement you could you could ever dream of knowing what this kid had been through. And they're still really close friends and, and the little stayed out of trouble and repaired his relationship with his mother. And it's just this beautiful community that was formed. And what was really telling to me was here's an example of a guy who never would have jumped into mentoring if it was only a one-on-one option. Right. That there's a lot of guys that I've spoken to that have that same mindset of I don't think I'm the right fit to be a one-on-one mentor or I have too many concerns. So I'm just not going to start, but sports buddies has helped those guys overcome those mental hurdles. And over 20 years, we've seen a ton of guys have long-term relationships and move into a one-on-one program and have major impacts on kids that they didn't expect to. And that's, what's been really cool to see over the years. Yeah. That's amazing. How did, how does that program change the, the, um, the sports buddies program uh, during uh, the pandemic. How how have you guys managed to keep that that guy rolling? Yeah, that's probably the biggest challenge because in that program, the bigs and littles can't communicate with each other. It all has to go through the staff. Okay, and they would typically only see each other at in person events. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a little under three hundred matches in that program. So to figure out how do we create virtual space to get that many matches together um, through zoom was a really big challenge, but I was blown away by the program team there. They they've been so creative and they put on big zoom events where they'd have a like trick shot contest, like dude, perfect style, you know, that's on YouTube. Um, They would have game nights. They We have partnerships. We have a partnership with uh, the NFL Inspire Change. And uh, Bradley Chubb from the Broncos 
got on a Zoom call with, you know, 60 matches uh, a few months ago and told his story and answered questions from the kids and kicked off an essay contest. We've had former athletes, uh, retired players from the Nuggets that have got on Zoom calls to talk to the kids about those things. Um, so we've still maintained that connections and use break, breakout rooms okay. where the, the, the little and the big could, could have a space, just the two of them to okay. catch up and, and then go back to the larger group. Uh, we did a holiday party on Zoom. Everybody wore their ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> nice. and, you know, still still did our holiday games and those sorts of things. So these last few months, luckily, we've been able to get outside a little bit more and have smaller groups in rotations at, at the parks. So okay. we just did a, a basketball event outdoors at a, at a park and just have multiple rotations throughout the Saturday. So it's been a, a ton of logistics and, and different types of planning. But it's shown us that it doesn't have to be this really fancy, exciting event every time. And I'd say this is true across the board for all of our mentoring programs. Because sometimes bigs think I need to spend all this money or come up with these lavish activity ideas. And it's not the case at all. It's all about the quality time. And if if the kids just have a consistent figure who, you know, just gives them a call or takes a walk around the park with them. Or I've, right. I've even had littles that I've asked, what's been your favorite activity with your big? Thinking they so went to the Rockies game or went to Dave and Buster's or something like that. And he said, it was the day he took me to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to like run errands with him and help him with a project. We had another little that like was through the roof that he, his big let him fill up the air in his tires at the wow. gas station. Like he thought that was so cool. But you think about how many of our kids are growing up in single parent homes and a lot of our boys don't have the father figures in their life that miss out on all those moments. And we might take those for granted. So to think, wow, I can do just simple things like that. And it's something that the kids could never forget and just be so excited about that doesn't require a lot of money or planning or, or fancy things. That's what it's all about. So that's what we recommend when people are hesitant Say, well, I don't know if I have the time and if I can plan all these things and just, well, just live your normal life. You just have this really cool kid who's your new friend that can do life with you. Right. Right. So it can fit in and you fit it, find a nice rhythm to do that. And you're going to get just as much out of it as the kid. Yeah, that's just fantastic. I, I, I just, I'm just amazed by some of the things that are, are so unexpected with, with programs that you hear and you think that it's just going to be this, this struggle or, or, or like you said, it's going to take a lot of planning or, or, you know, investment or what have you. And, and it's, it's those little things that, that really make it such a huge difference. Um, it's, it's cool to, to see how, how that's spilled out in the, in the program. How, how can people, engage like aside from donations which obviously um you know your organization can always use uh you know people donating funds to to help fuel some of these activities um how are are there other ways that people can get involved yeah there's a number of ways i think um you know you might think of mentoring relationships and it's just the big and the little and that's Mm -hmm. where the impact is made and that's where we need to invest and you know that is our core and you know, it does cost about eighteen hundred dollars 
her match to have that professional support, to have the resources that we provide to make sure it's really safe and quality. So, you know, having consistent donors and corporate support uh, is really helpful. But I think a lot of different people can play a role in the journeys of our littles. If they just have those certain opportunities at different parts of their, their life, they can just keep helping, help getting them to that finish line to, to reach those goals that they have. So I think this uh, kind of Zoom virtual innovation time is, has revealed a lot of that, where how, how could you step in and help that kid get to the next level or open that next door that, that he needs? Because our kids face a lot of barriers Mm-hmm. and um, may not have the same opportunities that a lot of other kids may have. So, you know, maybe you work for a, a company that could provide some workforce development tools. Could could your employees share some videos that might open a door or spark something for that kid to to follow that path? Could Could your company, you know, provide an internship for a little who needs an opportunity after they graduate from high school? And also, we have so many events and activities we're trying to do for the kids. Um, so, you know, do you know somebody who could, you know, run a football camp uh, event for our sports buddies kids? Um, do you have connections who could possibly run a STEM, a virtual STEM session, uh, do a financial literacy uh, class over Zoom, those kind of things? Uh, so there's always opportunities there of like, wow, what kind of activities or opportunities can we provide these littles that might really propel them and support that relationship to another level? So I think there's so much potential for that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. I, I, are you getting that word out in terms of those kind of opportunities to engage on social? What What's your your outreach look like on on that front? Yeah, well, we're really trying to dig into this to this workforce development. We're looking at, um, you know, launching a whole new platform that would have all of these videos where you okay. can upload the vocational videos. Um, we have a, a great network of corporate partners that we're working through that can see, hey, c- could we develop, develop a partnership where, yes, we do have our fundraising events and you can be a corporate sponsor and, and do team builders and those kind of things. But could we integrate some of this in your employee engagement? Could we not only have, we'll do virtual lunch and learns with companies. And I've even brought um, matches with me onto the call to share their testimony about being matched Mm -hmm. and say, okay, who from this company might be interested in mentoring? And then if others maybe can't be mentors, I'd be happy to share some resources for my job. Or I think our department could maybe do an internship, or I'd be happy to bring some people together and do a financial literacy course for your littles. Uh, so kind of working through those corporate partners, we're always looking for new partners who'd be interested in having that multi-layered effect um, to not only support the agency and what we're trying to do with our match relationships, but also to provide those opportunities for littles, which also help with employee engagement and really feeling that impact. Gotcha. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to brainstorm ways to get that message out and, and also, you know, to give people other opportunities. One of the things that we like to talk about a lot are, are kind of meeting people where, where they're 
able and comfortable engaging with your organization. And, and, you know, a lot of times people might look at, look at the mentor mentee, um, you know, that big little relationship and just think that, you know, like you've said, they don't have the ability or capacity to, to take on that level of engagement. Um, but they want to do a little bit more than, than just, donate. Um, and so, you know, giving people all those opportunities and, and options in terms of the ways that they can engage with your organization is, um, it's, it's really cool that you have, that you have that kind of infrastructure and that whole system built out so that, so that people can kind of, kind of get in, get involved the way that they are, are comfortable getting involved. Yeah. And I think it's something that we do want to amplify. You know, we, we launched a new website, Last year, we've really beefed up our social media content uh, to try to get, for one, just get these amazing stories of impact out there for people to experience. Wow, this is this is what Big Brothers Big Sisters is all about. This is why it's so critical for our youth to have um, these opportunities, but also making it clear that, yes, we always need mentors, but there's also so many other ways that you can support this and be part of that journey. And we've even integrated that with our our individual giving. We have different giving levels and we have these groups, a group of match ambassadors, matches who've stepped up and say, hey, we want to help support the mission of the organization. We're happy to share our story, connect with donors. And they actually write uh, letters, like quarterly newsletters to donors talking about what's going on with our match. These are things that I've seen develop in my little and then sending those to the donor, also providing content for social media, video, uh, joining us on corporate lunch and learn calls. So we're trying to also leverage the technology to bring that impact to the donors. Because that's pretty cool to see. Uh, you're not just writing a check. You're also, you're, you're in a sense, kind of getting to meet these matches and who you're supporting and, and hear from them about how your donation is supporting their match and how they're growing and all the fun things they're doing together. Yeah. And that's, that's resonated really well. Um, just to have, you know, kind of faces to your investment that like, yeah. wow, this is so cool in a year I'm able to see how this match I'm helping support has grown and developed. And, and that's really, that really means a lot to me as a donor. Yeah, my wife and I have been uh, longtime donors with Save the Children, and they do a really good job of that by you know matching you with you know with a a kid um, that your donations are going to you know to kind of help. Um, and so you know even though the the donor may not be able to you know participate in a in a one on one or or a more hands on way, it, it that kind of community building, um, helps, helps create that, that idea that, that the support that you're giving is, is leading to benefiting, you know, an actual life. Um, so it's cool to hear that you have a similar, a similar approach in, in that regard. That's, that's a, I think that's a great way to, to kind of build that community. Well, that's what we want is a, a 360 community. Uh, what we love to see is when, especially when kids come through the program, graduate, go on to college or, or jobs, and then come back yeah. to tell the story uh, to donors, to current littles, you know, where they can say, hey, I was in your shoes too. 
And this is this is what happened to me. Actually, uh, at the end of the month, we have our next uh, igniting potential um, event virtually, and we have a little coming back who's currently in college to share his story about how mentoring and, and positive youth development helped him become who he is today. And he started in the sports buddies program about 10, 11 years ago. Okay. And he started off, he had, you know, three sisters and a mom who worked three jobs and not involved in a lot of things, really shy kid, not a lot of confidence. And he just, he really attached to his big and they found a love of golf together. Okay. So they really enjoyed learning golf together. The kid had never played before. And it was a great way to, for the big to teach him life lessons through golf, just to be a really positive force in his life. And he just kept building up his confidence over those events, you know, one or two a month doing sporting events. And then at one of those events, um, the little said, well, I'm thinking about running for student council, but I'm nervous about it. Right. You know, sh- should I do it? I haven't done anything like this before. And the big was has always been very strength based and like, you know, you can do this. I really believe in you. You should try it. So he went ahead and tried it in middle school. And then fast forward to his senior year of high school, he was he became student body president of his high school, became a community leader in the school, um, led a lot of efforts in the district. They had a lot of suicides in their high school, and he led an effort to with the superintendent and, and counselors to, to have an event to help support kids uh, who might be struggling with those issues. Um, and just went from this shy kid afraid to do a lot of things to everybody knows him. He's doing speeches. He's, he's a community leader. And then he got a scholarship to college and um, he's doing great things. And now he wants to come back and share his story to try to encourage donors and um, other littles to to support mentoring it and see what's possible if you just have somebody consistent in your life saying, yeah, you can do it. I'm here for you. I'm going to support you and look look at what can happen. So it's great we have him back and connect with these alumni littles. That's probably the most powerful thing, I would say, for donors um, to see that, wow, this really works. Look, look at the journey this kid's had. I, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I was going to ask is about kind of peer to peer fundraising and and or peer to peer to peer engagement with you know getting uh, bigs to bring more bigs into the into the fold and um, yeah, it's just it's it's so cool to hear how much growth can be created um, for for these kids and, you know, and then for the, for the mint, for the bigs as well, um, through your program, it's, it's just, you know, it's fascinating. I'm sure you have just thousands of, of great stories to, to share. Yeah, it's been, that's what's kept me here. Uh, these 14 years is just, just seeing hundreds of, of relationships over the years and seeing just how amazing the kids are and what they can accomplish, but then also how it changes those bigs too. Um, like John, who I mentioned earlier, that was matched for 10 years, you know, there were some times where he didn't know if he could do this, you know, am I really making an impact? This kid is struggling in every area. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had said, you know, his wife encouraged him to just stick with it. And, you know, this takes time, you know, keep going. And he did that. And then they had these amazing results. And by the end, when they graduated, he had said like, 
despite it being hard at times, like that was the most enriching thing I've ever done in my life. And like that has totally changed me as a person, you know, so it's, it's those powerful things and it doesn't have to be a 10 year match. You could be matched for one year with the kid and then, you know, job changes, you have to move. Mm-hmm. But you, you've just planted that seed with the kid. You, you, you've instilled in them that I am special. You know, there is somebody who cares about me. I do have potential. I'm going to keep trying. Right. And that can lead to great things. So we have these amazing, you know, 10 year matches or 30 year matches, or I was in my, I was in my big's wedding and all those, which are wonderful, but right. you can also have an amazing impact even in six months or a year uh, with the littles as well. So that's, that's just great. Where, how can people find out more about, about your program here in Colorado? Yeah. Like I mentioned, we, we launched a new website uh, last year, uh, biglittlecolorado.org. And that has, we have match videos, multiple match videos. So you can see, uh, what a match is all about uh, from the different programs. Also have uh, information on all the three core programs where you can volunteer. We also have pages, um, you know, if you want to become a corporate partner, an individual donor, uh, if you'd like to support this workforce development that that we're trying to expand uh, would be a great way. And then also on, on social media, we've, we've got plenty of great content uh, to check out there as well. Well, that's great. I I really had a good time talking with you today about your program and and hearing more about how you guys have have managed to to stick around for 102 years. I think that's just fantastic. Um, and I really appreciate you being on the show. And I I love conversations. I love having these these talks with with people in the nonprofit space. But I also really want to try to foster action after, um, after our, our discussion. And so if there was anything that you could have people do after listening to the show today, um, to make someone's life better or, or, or bring some happiness to the world, what, what would you have them do? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, it's, it's a community effort. You know, we all need to step out to support our youth. They need it now more than ever. You know, it's a critical time uh, for the youth that we serve to to be supported. So, um, so I, you know, we'll always always say, you know, if it's a good time for you to mentor, to step up and volunteer in that way, or to think about who in your network might be in a good place to mentor and and to just help them with the conversation that it, it's not as scary as you might think, or that you have to be this perfect person or have the right answers or have the perfect schedule. N- none of our mentors have that. You know, you can be an amazing mentor um, d- despite a lot of those concerns. So just to think about that. And then, you know, if I can't be a mentor, how else could I contribute to, to what they're doing at Big Brothers, Big Sisters? C- could I help support through workforce development? Could I help put on a great event that would make a, a great memory for one of the, the littles? We also have, you know, you could donate tickets if we can ever go to events again. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait for that. But but maybe activity donations where you can help support uh, a really good experience for, for the matches. So uh, I know that wasn't one, but I had to, had to throw in a few options there. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I always like options. I just uh, I just want to spawn action. And so I appreciate you sharing uh, all those different opportunities and and really would encourage people to go and, and check out Big Brothers, Big Sisters um, and see how you might be able to plug into their program and, and make a difference in a kid's life. Yeah, thank you, Stu. We appreciate the support and uh, hope to uh, hear from uh, people soon.
Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. I'll talk to you soon. Mike, have a great day. Thanks, dude. Take care. All right, there you have it. Another great episode of Relish This. Thanks for listening. If you would like to learn more about how to apply the audience engagement cycle to expand your organization's mission, there are two things you can do. Right now, you can go to missionuncomfortablebook.com to download a copy of my book. And while you're there, you can get your purpose-driven marketing score to see where you can unearth some gold for your organization. If you'd like to listen to back episodes of the show or sign up to be a guest, go to relishstudio.com slash podcast. That's it for this week. I'll be back next week for another great episode of Relish This.